Radio. This feast we celebrate the wonderful gift of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. The reason when you come into a church and you genuflect is because you see that Jesus is here. The red light behind me shining indicates this is God's house. This is where our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, dwells in the Eucharist, in what we call his real presence. And not only does he dwell in this place, in the Mass, he wants to be united with us. He wants to come into our bodies, which is why what the children are going to experience today is such a wonderful gift. When we make our Holy Communion, and all of us make a Holy Communion, I hope, when we come to Mass, Jesus himself, God himself, comes and unites himself to us, draws us to his heart. It's a wonderful testimony to the immensity of God's love. And yet there's a very obvious struggle that we have with the Eucharist. And that is that our eyes see bread. Our eyes see wine. Our taste tastes bread or a wafer. Our taste tastes a sweet wine. That's because the reality that we're asked to believe in as we receive our Holy Communion is that reality goes beyond what our senses can perceive. And that although we can't perceive that this is Jesus with our senses, we know it with what we call the eyes of faith. What does the eyes of faith really mean though? Well, it doesn't mean if you really squint hard and you really try and focus that your eyes will somehow make out the form of Jesus in what appears to be bread. It doesn't mean that. What it really means is that we take God at his word. We trust and stand on his word passed down to us through the church and in the scriptures. Saint Paul, in the second reading, gives what's one of the earliest accounts of the Mass, the institution of the Eucharist, the first time that Jesus gives his disciples his body and blood. And when Jesus took bread, he said, this is my body. And when he took the wine, he said, this is my blood. He didn't say it's a symbol of it or a metaphor or a nice idea. It's much, much more than that. He meant it literally. that He is present in what appears to be bread and wine. In fact, they're not bread and wine any longer. They're his body, blood, soul and divinity. They're the Eucharist. Unless we think that, well, maybe that's just a weird interpretation of scripture, if we go into history and we look at what the first Christians believed, so those first communities, those first churches, you will find in their writings this belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. 
So much so that we're warned about receiving the Eucharist without being properly prepared for it. Because it's a big deal, we're actually taking God into ourselves. So that real presence is something that church has believed from the beginning. But how do we get over this difficulty that we have? Because we are human beings who work usually by what we can see and touch and taste. We work with our senses so often. We work with the scientific method which measures things, which observes. And with the Eucharist we can't do that. So how do we try and help us to have a, a Eucharistic faith? How do we help ourselves to see with the eyes of faith? Well, we get in the habit of acknowledging him. So one very obvious way we do that is when we come into a church, as I said at the beginning, when we come into the church and just before we're about to go into our place, we genuflect, which means we kneel before the presence of Jesus in the tabernacle. So if I pass from this side of the church to the other, I should genuflect to the tabernacle, which is that metal box right at the back there. And wherever you see that red light or that candle burning beside the tabernacle, that means that Jesus is present, that God is here in his church. So we genuflect as a sign of reverence and respect because we don't do that ordinarily um, in front of uh, our friends and family. We usually only do things like that in the front of a king. And this is the king of the universe. So that's why we do it. Another way, very practical way that we acknowledge Jesus in the Eucharist is the moment of Holy Communion. So when you receive Holy Communion, the priest or the extraordinary minister who's helping the priest to distribute Holy Communion says, the body of Christ or the blood of Christ. And our response to that is set by the church. It's Amen. Amen. That's the word that we say. So it doesn't say when the priest says the body of Christ that we just nod or silently even say Amen. It actually requires us to make a public profession of faith because when we say Amen, the word really means it's true. This is Christ. This is Jesus. I believe it. And I believe also everything that comes with it, everything that his Catholic Church teaches. So, Amen is not a small thing. It's a testimony of belief. It's a statement of where we stand. Just as when we say the creed together, we say it audibly as a, as a testimony of our belief. So it's receiving Holy Communion in a way where we're conscious of what we are saying Amen to, conscious of the reverence that we should have when receiving Holy Communion. It's not just a sweet, it's not something that we take casually, it's our Lord and God. That's why as we've been telling the children, we make a throne with our hands when we receive Holy Communion. Not just, you know, hold out one hand. You make a throne with your hands to receive the King. 
And the third thing that we can do is a very obvious thing, but it needs to be said. It's prayer. But not just prayer in general. Prayer particularly in front of Jesus in the Eucharist. We have a a marvellous devotion in the church called adoration. It's known by lots of things, but it's where we actually take the host, so take the now consecrated bread, and we put it in a monstrance, which is like a display case. It's got like a little window, and we can look upon the host, and we put the monstrance on the altar. I have so many testimonies of lives that have been transformed through adoration of Jesus in the Eucharist. And all we have to do is come before him. We just have to be there and look at him. And I think that the Lord is really putting on the church's heart in this time a call to come to him in Eucharistic adoration, to spend time before him in the Eucharist. When you think about the gospel, we hear about the the feeding of the 5,000. Did those disciples manage to feed all those people because they were really good at strategy or had a wonderful program or had very fine cutting instruments which could cut five loaves and two fishes into scraps for people to eat? No, none of that. The only reason it was possible was because these five loaves and two fish were given to Jesus Christ. He is the one from whom all graces flow. He is the one who gives us power to accomplish what we cannot imagine. He is the one who converts, who heals. When I came to the parish, I think someone asked me, um, what did I have as a vision? And to tell you the truth, I didn't really have one. I was thinking, well, I'll just come and I'll get to know the place and I'll get settled and then we'll see. But if I did have to say what the vision is for this parish in particular, it's that it becomes a powerhouse of prayer and a powerhouse of adoration. Because look around you, those of you who live in the streets around here will know, we are surrounded by drug addiction. We are surrounded by theft, by violence, violence, by prostitution, all manner of things, by great poverty. And these problems are such that there's only one who can really help us solve them. And one who we have to go to for the healing of many people in this area, the conversion of many people in this area, and that's Jesus himself. There is no better place to be for our parish than before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. So I hope in this parish to have more and more opportunities for that to happen so that renewal comes through that prayer in front of Jesus in the Eucharist, through adoration in particular of Jesus. Because if we adore the Lord, He will give us the gifts that are necessary to do many things in this community, many things in this parish that we cannot do on our own efforts. 
And also, we'll be able to club together because we've all got problems. We've all got issues in our family. We've all got people who we need to pray for. But how much stronger are we when we are together? And someone said that if you get one stick on its own and you try and break it, it's not that hard. But if you put many, many sticks together, you try and break it, you can't. It becomes unbreakable. And if you light each of those sticks together, it becomes a great flame. A great flame which will draw upon this parish many graces. So let's pray for our children today, especially as they receive their first Holy Communion, that they will really value and treasure this great gift. But also for all the parents and the relatives who are here today, that we will remember this great gift too, that we will come to him for our conversion, for our healing, and for great graces for our families and friends. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.